Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Back everybody to another episode of Bub and the Bloom, episode 112, with our second edition of our ADP uh, pocket analysis 150 through 200 tonight. We did 100 through 150 last week, and we'll get you going here and talk, you know, positions and stats and so on and so forth, fades, debates, and more. Before we do that, you can find me on Twitter at BDentric, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod, and my co-host, as always, on the Twitter at Ryan BHQ, Ryan Bloomfield. How are we doing, my friend? Doing good, man. Uh, drafting like crazy. TGF in the middle of TGFBI. We've got Tout Wars this time next week. Well, kind yeah, of. We'll be eight done. Eight o'clock. We'll be done this time next week. We'll be. We'll be. Yeah, we'll be drowning our sorrows this time mm-hmm. next week, or you will be. At I'll least say you will be. It sounds like. Um, trying to avoid all of this spring training craziness. Like I feel like we were talking a little bit before. Uh, I feel like more than ever, and I don't know, I'm not sure what's driving it. Maybe probably Statcast at the uh, where where it's available in certain spring training parks. But I feel like there's more information than ever coming out of these early spring games. So it's all it's kind of like I always forget about this every year. But like I'm always excited to kind of watch some games and you know go sit back watch some spring training. But then I kind of forget about the deluge of information coming out from it. Um, it's it's a wild time. I how do you I mean how how tuned in are you to early spring training games? I'm not at all right now for the most part. Like I check things here and there, but I'm telling you off the air this week has been like the busiest week I've had in a, a few months at least between work and other things. So I've just been checking in and out, you know, posting content by annoying people and um just ignore ignoring it as best I can. When I do see it, it makes me chuckle though. Like you were saying, yeah, so and so threw 26 pitches and was averaging 98. Okay, so is he an eighth inning guy now, or is he going to? Uh, I said basically, let me know when he goes five or six innings and throwing ninety six even in, in that stretch. Yeah. Then we can talk. Like it's cool. Like optimism is key. I'm not trying to be the party pooper here, but um, at the same time, so many people like preach, you know, just be patient. This is spring training. Like I can't remember who it was. Um, it was on my labor, the labor feed. You mentioned, uh, yeah, Joe, um, Joe Musgrove. And uh, you mentioned someone hit a home run, or Christopher Morel hit two home runs. They said, who, who was the second one off of? And it yeah. was um, Jesse, Jesse Chavez. Jesse, Jesse. So it's like Jesse context Chavez. is key in this spring training stuff. Yeah, yeah. And not not to, uh, not yeah, exactly, not to be a negative Nancy, because um, there's a lot of, there is some important stuff to come out of spring. Like, I think, I think lineups and playing time are huge. Um, but I just think, like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know if I want Tariq Skubal, for example, throwing 100 Right that's now. another like, thing, it's yeah. almost almost like don't want to see that given his injury history but things like that where velocity's up it's like it's probably a good thing but i want to see that hold over like you were saying five six innings and it's it's going to be a few weeks still or at least a couple weeks until we start seeing that kind of stuff yeah like it, it's important like not gonna say it's not but it's not i don't think it's important as people are making it out to be so like i i appreciate what the king is doing king curlin with his lineups keeping track of that because 
right yep. now it's early, so it's still kind of wonky. But what he uses now, the, the trends that continue on, is where that becomes very important. So that's good to see. Um, I guess if anything, like the platoon parts of that. But most of these guys aren't even in a rush to play. Like Otani DH finally went off Otaka, which was great. Uh, it's like the NBA right now. Good luck playing back to back. Like it's it's a lot of rest uh, management stuff. So I'm still like once they cut down the roster the first time through, you start to get a little better feel, and then the second roster cuts when you're ready to rock and roll. So yeah, we're we're yeah, good. Was, it's I fun. Was... It's great to have it back. I'll say that much. But oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I was also kind of off this weekend we, we neither of us did potapalooza unfortunately but yeah. you did make up for it with your friday night uh, auction which by the way like honestly our listeners kick ass awesome yes yes like you do. you you pledged i forget what exactly 50, 50 bucks, bucks for, for every 100 views. 100 views on youtube yeah and then our listeners came in and like i'll pledge you know whatever these guys go for in the in the auction or or you know i'll match it uh so thanks to everyone who um who not only tuned into Bubba's stream on Friday, I was only there for like 20 minutes and I bailed, but uh, but for anyone who contributed, not on our behalf, but contributed to Fantasy Cares through your stream on Friday night, that was cool. Yeah, it was awesome to see you guys. Kind of, We were just kind of thinking of something for fun to kind of do something, and you guys ran with it, so that's great hey, to see. Hey, and Mike, Mike Curling got his, his final wish. Remember? he I, To be on the, the To actually the be on the yeah. show. It was... Uh, after after weeks of asking listener questions, can I be on the show? We finally, yeah. you finally let uh, let Curlin yeah. through. Gave him desperate the link. Times called for desperate measures, and that was one of them. <laughs> um, speaking, you of needed that, it, man. That was a long stream. Yeah, it, it helped <laughs> and, a lot. And, and thanks but, to Curlin and Justin Mason who, who yeah. joined you as well. So thanks. And, guys. and speaking of which, um, Curlin always says because he wants to be on an FSWA nominated uh, show. This we're recording this on Tuesday night. As of Wednesday morning slash afternoon, you'll know if we won or not. Let's put it that way because the awards are getting announced. So that's right. Yeah, Cross your fingers for the homeboys. It is award day. We'll, uh, we'll, we're, we're one of seven finalists, so I don't have my hopes up. But I'll, we'll we'll have the phone on around yeah, us. We'll see. we'll see what happens. Uh, Adam in the chat says the only thing I'm paying attention to is older pitchers' velocity. Usually, older pitchers take a ramp up time. Um, but if they are hitting it already, that excites me in Nate Evaldi. That is true. That is um, true. Yeah. We'll actually talk about Evaldi later on, but that was very true for him last year. And that, that paid off for a little Joe, bit. Joe Orico's in the chat saying he's rooting for us. So we appreciate it, Joe Orico. Yep. Um, he's been uh, busy as well on the streaming world. So go check all that fun stuff out. Um, anything else before we get into our 150 to 200? uh no yeah next show will be tout wars on tuesday march 5th at 8 no, p.m next show will be thursday oh god february yeah. 29th at uh, 8 30 or 9 ish p.m pacific time don't don't listen to me anymore <laughs> i'm too excited for tout i He's guess excited to get just ask ryan what his career record is against me in most leagues and he's really mm. excited for some reason um ask how many <laughs> rounds of golf I've had to pay <laughs> pay at first pitch Arizona compared to Bubba. It's okay. The leagues I beat you and pay for that golf pretty I, easily. That, so that's a proper okay. comeback. I, the, the leagues you won were a thousand bucks each and yeah. golf was not. Yeah. I'll say it golf was not. It, it covers Maybe 80 it. bucks. Yeah. So um, I think you are ahead. Yeah. But it's all good. It'll be fun. It, yes. Tout Wars will be an electric one. If you guys liked labor, that was awesome. But now you get both of us drafting against each other. So. Okay. Not just me talking trash about make sure you draft Tyler Glass now. Now it'll get more fun in that regard. 
Well, all right, we're gonna do ADP one fifty to two hundred. Last fifteen Rotowire online sandwich. About a week. They've been doing about fourteen to fifteen per week on this one. So Ryan, the floor is yours with this board. Yeah, we flipped the ADP over from uh, it's a good idea, Bubba. Last time from from draft champions to which is a fifteen team draft and hold format. We are now at the point of draft season where I feel like the draft and holds are starting to kind of wane out and we're going more into the fab leagues and plus i believe more of you all play 12 teamers than than 15 teamers so these are 12 team uh fab leagues the online championship from the nfbc and it's the last 15 drafts so pretty pretty recent and relevant adp though Cody Singh is still on here uh, it'll take a little little while for him to filter out but anyway got the uh Got the boards up for the YouTube and the live stream crowd, which is basically just a list of all the hitters in one list with their ATC projections and then all of the pitchers with their ATC projections on the right side. Um, instantly, instantly what stands out to me in this 150 to 200 group on the pitching side, Jose Alvarado is the lone soldier, is the lone closer. There is no other closer being taken in this group, we we hinted at this or brought this up on our uh, uh, reliever podcast last week or two weeks ago. Whatever my obviously my track record with time, it's not that great. <laughs> but uh, you need to have at least one, maybe two closers by this point, and a twelve teamer maybe just one. But uh, you are not getting closers at 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 this portion of the draft. Um, I'll let you talk about kind of what you're we're seeing on the hitting side. One other pitching takeaway that I see is you're starting to see some some ugly ratios. You're starting to see some ugly projected ratios, some red on the screen. A a, a bunch of these starting pitchers that we're going to talk about tonight have projected ERAs north of four, have projected whips north of 1.25. This is an important part of the draft to not – nuke ratios because some of these guys can and will uh do that type of damage so those are the two big on the on the pitching side the, the big takeaways the uh just the one closer alvarado and the um the introduction of some shaky ratios yeah shaky ratios but it's also to me it's a nice pocket of pitching like um you have the elite guys early in the draft and then around at least in 12s in rounds like four through six you have another nice pocket of starting pitching and then this is like that third wave of you can see potential but could also potentially crush you at the same time which ryan is talking about with the ratios but there's a lot of names we're going to talk about later in the show between fades debates and more and targets and whatnot a lot of good pitching here because in the previous episode on thursday there wasn't a ton of pitching we liked really it was more of a get your bats whatever now this is why you get your bats then come get some pitching now that's the kind of yin and yang but but on the hitting side there are a lot of bats i like too uh stolen bases are slowly dwindling or quickly dwindling depends on how you want to look at this uh you have 220 plus guys in friedel and, and edmund and that's if you really believe that that's like kind of a point of contention yeah. like i'm not an edmund guy you're not a big friedel guy so that could probably we could probably argue both those and see where that one goes and then other than that you got a couple 15-ish or stories there at 20 i guess most him a lot of red in that department Average is pretty much out the window outside of like three guys. Um, you do got some pop still. And the big takeaway is this is your catcher window. This is the uh, one. Oh, here we about. go. Here we the, go. Look the, at him. 
but this is the one I talk. I've talked about it forever. Make fun of me all you freaking want. Here we go. That, I was waited um, all all weekend for this episode to to, to call hey, this one out. Hey, I, I've said forever that there's like 15, 16 ish catchers I'm cool with that I want to get like at least one for sure, if not both, in that range. Well, this is the cutoff point in this range. So uh, that does exist. If you look at it, there's one, two, three, four. Uh, there's wait, wait, two, three, four, five, six catchers in this range. So it's a healthy catcher's department, and, and it's a healthy corner infield department uh, early on in this draft. So it spreads out for the most part, but corner infield and um, and catchers. And then there is a section of outfielders. I'll let you have the floor here where this is a good one. If you wait on outfielders, this is another <laughs> pocket you could have some fun with. So what are you seeing here before I just name off every player? Yeah, uh, wait on outfielders. Bloomfield here chiming in. This is this is where I this is where I. Uh, By the way, Bloomfield checks in on my auction last night, where I have no outfielders in an auction. Needless to say, I get a text. Hey, it looks like you need a few outfielders out there. <laughs> you had like thirty six bucks left and no outfield. I was like, I man, you're, you've been hanging out, out with me too much lately. Um, my big takeaway on the hitting side with this pocket from one fifty to two hundred. There's actually, it seems like there's more power, or at least just as much power as the 100 to 150 group I that agree. we talked about last yeah. week. Like there are, there are, you can get power here. The problem, and this is why I've been on my early batting average crusade. And, and Bubby, you mentioned this. There are just a ton of like 240, 230, some in the 220 projected batting average. This is where batting average starts to like, really fall so if you are going to take some of these power bats that are available um especially towards the back half of this group it's going to cost you in batting average and if you don't have that cushion built up early in drafts you can you can it, it can be tough to make it up so that, that that was the one big thing is uh for me the, the the batting average drain is is alive and well here particularly on the back half of the hitter side yeah no that's very very valid. So, and I like the call on the power looks. You could still get quite a bit of it here, especially with our boy Berger up top. That is a, a yeah, fun one. I mean, one. you've got you've got how many? Five? Where's my? Jeez, my eyes. You've got your eye appointments tomorrow on Wednesday, right? Yes. Yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I might have glasses. Well, they probably won't happen that quickly, but yeah, yeah, it's coming quick. We've got nine uh, hitters in this group projected for over twenty-five home runs. So. That's big. That's yeah. big because last time I think we had like maybe four. I felt like I'm just topping my head four or five. Yeah. So something like wasn't, that. Wasn't very many. So quick, easy takeaway. Average declines tremendously. Stolen bases declines tremendously. Still have some pop. Pitching side of things, ratios are about to get crazy. So jump aboard and yeah. pretty much no closers. Um, yep. So that's like, like you'd want your closers before this. I think you want your catchers in this pocket. That's kind of so. By the end of uh, two hundred, I'd want all my closers and all my catchers. Let's put it that way. And you're I taking your go... second, you and and you're you want your closers before this pocket because there yes. are none in here. And you're yep. taking your second catcher, or even I. I don't want to speak for you, but you, I feel like you might be fine with two catchers in this group. Oh no, I said it flat out. I'll double tap in here. Yeah, easy. Yeah, I'll double tap. I've done it many times. I've walked away with many shares in this range, and we'll talk about a few of these guys coming up, but. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a, a some of my favorites are here. Let's just put it that way. And Bo Naylor and Logan O'Hoppy. So definitely, definitely, you know, the big smile on my face for watching on YouTube, which is a great, great podcast to tune in on. Didn't realize there'd be this many catchers on here, but 
Now I know we're doing the rest of the day. Um, any final thoughts from the boards before we start talking uh, ADP battles? Let's do it. All right. You have the floor out the gate, Mr. Bloomfield. All right. So um, this one I'm just – and I know the easy answer might be roster construction, but I just noticed two shortstops going – roughly the same area here in, in Willie Adamas, really right next to each other, 194 and 198. So it is towards the end, but it's Willie Adamas and Ezekiel Tovar. I feel like, and this is kind of the, the classic. So like Tovar is going to get you more steals projected for 13 compared to Adamas is six. Adamas is one of those power bats that we talked about uh, projected for 27, but is going to hurt you in batting average it's just interesting to see two shortstops going this is probably your middle infield uh, realistically on your team hopefully it's interesting to see two different profiles like this going right next to each other i think i lean tovar i think there's at least like another level uh to what we saw from ezekiel tovar um i i, I like the projection kind of the all-around 263 16 and, and 16 homers and and 13 bags um, so I, I lean Tovar over the two, but it was just interesting. If you're going to wait on shortstop, you do have a couple options, uh, at, at middle between those two guys. Do you, uh, do you have a strong preference between the two? I know Willie was, Willie was your boy last year, but. Yeah, I, I don't think Willie will be as bad as he was last year. So if you want to take a chance on Willie, if you need late power, it's a good source, but I am really excited about Ezekiel Tovar this year. I think this is a guy that I've, I've had circled in a lot of places, Tried to get him in the auctions, didn't work out so well. But like we saw 15 and 11 and 253 last year in 153 games. He's going to be 22 years old this year. There's a pedigree to him. Uh, there's some pop. There's some definite speed and good bat to ball skills. Uh, you know, you mentioned ATC's projections of 16, 13, and 263. The bad X has 17, 15, and 273. We're talking Coors Field here, where obviously the BABIP's going to be tremendous, which we saw a 328 BABIP last year at probably stays the same uh but i think there's good good power here like 15 to 20 home run power but more important i think the speed's legit like very very legit so this is one of those guys that could like what i've always talked about with Geloff. like this is tovar tovar's Geloff with a better batting average but in reality like that's what i could see potentially taking place there and you get him a lot later in the draft so i, I like tovar quite a bit and uh it's a good power speed combo with, and you mentioned in this range, batting average. He's not going to crush you in batting average compared to so many other guys here. And I think the other thing too is, I think he might be like a plate appearance leader. Yeah, among this group, Top of the order. And, and, and at bats, plate appearances are are, are starting. Will start in we'll, this. We'll probably see this in the next episode, maybe the next two. Uh, regular playing time and, and racking up plate appearances is going to be huge. And I think Tovar. Curlin's got Tovar on MLBPlayingTime.com as leadoff against lefties. He has Charlie Blackman leading off against righties. That with happened Tovar a going lot down. last year, so it's probably right. So, um, you know, maybe Tovar doesn't lead off all the time, but I don't know. Does, Charlie does Blackman, Blackman last play all season? season? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Blackman exactly. play all season? Like, yeah. like fading a Charlie Blackman uh, at this point in his career is probably fine. So uh, I think that's another big thing in Tovar's favor compared to a lot of these guys around him is he, he is going to rack up those plate appearances. Yep. hundred uh, percent. I like Tobar quite a bit. So he is a target. Uh, my first debate here. And to me, it's a fun one. Cause I kind of had interest in both these guys, obviously one more than others. If you guys have paid attention, but it's James Altman and Christopher Morrell. And this is a fun one. Cause 
You know, Altman even last season, we saw 23 and 16 in 151 games at 248 average. Uh, he lived up to the hype. You'd love that stat line. Projections have him only playing like 130 games, going 19 and 12, and the 233, a massive batting average drop. Have your discussions there if you so choose. And you got Christian Morrell, 26 bombs in 107 games, 247 average, six steals. ATC's got him for 26, 10, and 242. I think the power is just, there's no, no respect there in 129 games. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. But both these guys have pretty decent power. I think Morell's more power, Outman's more speed. Batting average is probably pretty close between the two, honestly, when all things are said and done. So, how do you kind of do this Outman versus Morell debate? I think I lean Morell, but I also think Morell's going to be a little bit pricier as we go deeper into draft season, especially if he keeps hitting home runs off of the aforementioned Jesse Chavez. Uh, that's somewhat tongue in cheek. I, I, I do. I, uh, Morell will probably pick up. I mean, if this third base experiment sticks, he will pick up obviously third base eligibility to go with, I guess, just outfield. Damn, he played nine. Morell played 19 games at second base last yep, year. Yep. That's tough. So close. And he should play a lot of third base this year. That's the kind of plan. So, yeah, it's, that's plans can go awry. Let's see how the defense oh, holds I agree. up. I agree, but uh, if that happens, that helps a ton as well. Yeah, I just I think the playing time is safer. I don't know. We'll see with Outman if he plays regularly against lefties. Um, wasn't particularly bad against lefties last year. So, but LA really does like to to maximize platoons in the bottom of the order. So, um, I'd lean Morell. Uh, as well, but I also think that uh, that Morel will get will get more expensive as we get deeper. I will give King Curlin credit. Outman is not he's in against lefties and righties, but against lefties, he does have him as a potential platoon with the whole addition of Enrique Hernandez. You have Chris Taylor there. You have a lot of moving parts 
but I think they want it because they also like Morell's defense in center field, which is a uh, pretty nice as well. Mer- um, or, uh, Outman had a I, wow. I just looked this up, but uh, so I mentioned Outman against lefties. 357 OBP against lefties last year for James Outman. 154 plate appearances. So, I mean, not not a crazy high sample. And a lot of that was like a 400 Babbitt. So that probably doesn't hold. But uh, Outman did hold his own. Way better than Max Muncy. She's got that going for him. Way better Um, than Max Muncy. The knob says, I think the batting average drops with Outman. The quality of contact is extremely average. And the contact rates have been insanely terrible over the last few years. And Adam Reckamp, Morel changing positions tells me he will get more playing time. That's the goal. That is the goal on this yep. one. Right. What's your next one? All right. Uh, the hell is my next one? Oh, you just went, to play you, you, KU. You, you, I was about to say you played with my heart on this one. Just to, just to play KU. Um, no, in all seriousness, I agree. This is this is the time to get your second catcher, or if you're going to wait on catchers, uh, get. Yeah, you better total. leave with at least one by the time this is over with. Um, let's compare two teammates from last year, Jonah Heim and Mitch Garver, obviously split time or at least split injury time with each other in Texas last year. Garver's now with Seattle while Heim is the primary man, uh, in Texas. I prefer Heim, but I think, I don't think there's like, I really just put this on the sheet just to get your opinion. Um, I prefer Heim just because like, I still think Garver can get hurt, even though he's going to DH. Like the guy always gets hurt. Uh, you can get hurt DHing. You can get hurt swinging, running, that sort of thing. Um, that the risk is obviously a little bit lower than if you're if you are playing defense. But I just like Texas's lineup so much more too. Like Jonah Heim had 95 RBI last year. He won't repeat that, but it's just a testament to what a lineup like Texas can do for runs and RBI compared to a Seattle lineup, which is outside of Julio pretty, pretty lacking right now. Yeah. I'm, I agree with you. Uh, Mitch Garber's played hundred games once in his career, but 87 last year, which is good for like fourth in his career. Uh, we love Garber. He's always been a pretty good hitter when he can stay healthy, but it stays healthy. is the problem. Even a DH for Seattle, he won't even DH the full time. Cause there's other options there. They keep adding actual people that can hit the baseball in Seattle. So, Garver will play a lot, but he's got to stay healthy. And if he played more than 110 games, I'd be shocked. And if he does that, it's still a good season. Don't get me wrong. But like Garver goes back to the argument I gave last year about streaming catchers. He was a streaming catcher last year. That's who he was. Uh, Jonah Heim, on the other hand, I'm with you. I love Jonah Heim. He was obviously one of the best catchers last year, even with missing time. Before he got hurt, he was, I think, the best catcher uh, in fantasy. You mentioned Still having 95 RBIs with 131 games, 501 plate appearances. That's great for a catcher. Hits for hit for average. You know, 289 BABIP isn't insane to think about for his skills. Got some pop. Like, I'm with you. There's really no one in Texas to chase him for at-bats either, whereas Garver is just praying to DH and maybe occasionally catch for Cal Raleigh. So, yeah, it, it it's Heim for me. Like, I'm not opposed to Garver as a catcher too if you need to. Just know there's a great chance you're going to be streaming a catcher at some point this season where Heim, albeit any catcher can get hurt at any moment, Heim's the dude unless something stupid happens. 500 plate appearances or 501 for Heim last That's year. It's huge. interesting. Like, I think, I, I and I don't know, well, ATC, like, I'm not sure which source it's using for these projections, but Heim fell apart in the second half after, like, a, a pretty bad wrist strain in July. 
Like, I think that certainly played a role. And I, I, I wonder if projection systems that we're all looking at is factoring that in. I, I would much, uh, obviously much prefer the first half, but I'm way, I think that's closer to the real Jonah Heim than uh, the second half. Um, and they're going, yeah, Heim and Garver are like going six picks apart. There's Keeper Ruiz in between them. Just real quick, like we're I mean, different, different profile, but is he? I like, I like Keeper out of those three. Um, more than more than Heim and Garver. Yes. Um, uh, Keeper last year, let me just pull it up so I'm completely speak out of my rear end. But and again, similar to Heim, there's really no one to take the role from Keeper. But what we saw last year as a healthy player, 136 games, 562 at bats. Um, I could see him creaked out a little more there because he hits so well. 260 average. He's a better hitter tonight. His lowest Babbitt he's had since his like two games he played in his career. Uh, he, he, the power showed up last year, 18 home runs. So he's not just – like he has the same power metrics as Jonah Heim, essentially. Heim will have potentially more run production if you want that argument in there. I just think Ruiz has a much better batting average than 260. I think we can see an improvement. And if we see that, then the county stats will come with it. I like it. I like it. So, like you said, tons of options. But high man Ruiz, it is really close. I'm not going to try to, you know, nitpick that one too much. Both over Garver. Um, all right. My debate here, this is kind of for you. This is a cute. We're like doing little debates for each other without even, you know, trying to, I guess. But I am curious. You Darvish, we talked about him in the SP show. I think it was SP, probably the third one. Um Debate talking about how the injuries, but he still had strikeouts. The ratios were whack, but you know, indicators suggested he was kind of better than he was, type thing. So it depends on what you want to believe. Let's put it that way. And you have Nate Evaldi. Nate was great. Then he got hurt. Till he wasn't. Stop me, yeah. Stop me if you've heard me this, heard this before. And then he came back and it was really not great. Somehow found a little more velocity in the postseason, and now he's already making spring uh, spring training Twitter go a buzz. So Darvish. Nate the Great, and they're going uh, about nine picks apart. Darvish going ahead of Evaldi. I lean Evaldi. I think the play here. So, like, I, I'm just worried about Darvish in terms of the age. This is Darvish's age 37 season, and obviously the injury risk that comes with that. Darvish has a lengthy injury risk risk yada yada. Um, but just like a steady decline in Darvish's Dar- Darvish's skills the strikeout rate the last four years 31 29 26 25 percent 23 percent in the second half of last year swinging strike rate 15 12 and a half 12 11 and then 10 and a half in the second half last year just like skills that are declining and at 37 years old i don't see like the positive regression that we might see with like a hitter i just i think darvish um I don't know. I'm not that not that high on him, and and obvious. Honestly, I'm not that high in Evaldi either. But I think the play here this kind of feels like deja vu. If Evaldi can maintain the velocity that we, that we've seen throughout all of spring training, I think the play is just assuming that velocity is there for Evaldi. Just ride him in the first half and be ready to to dump and go in the second half. This is exactly what we saw last year where Evaldi was pumping 95 at the end of spring training. I was like, all right, I'm back in. Um, he seems healthy. And, and coming off a 2022 season where it was very similar to the end of 2023, ended it hurt, lower velocity, yada, yada. Just feel like that's something where you kind of ride Evaldi and you get the good stats while you can, but just have that, have that, that drop button ready uh, at the first sign of, 
obviously injury or even velocity decline for for Evaldi like midway through the season. Not gonna argue with you on that one because especially the whole concept of drafting when they get ready to drop him thing. I'm with you there. I still like you, Darvish. I know I've said it before. I bought him in the or I, per, I I don't know what the proper terminology is. I won him in the auction <laughs> on um you bought him, you got him. Yeah, um, I don't know what the proper terminology is about him. pissing someone off. Um uh, I got I got him for nine bucks. On you acquired the, his stats. Yeah, on the second the second auction we did and his AAV seven bucks. I spent overspent a little bit, but I wanted a I didn't want a dollar pitcher. I wanted somebody I could kind of trust. And I think there's still some there because I yes, the the the, the drop and strikeouts and swinging strike and stuff isn't great, but still, you know, there aren't a whole lot of 26% K pitchers right, as we keep going down this list. So I'll take my chances there. And he still threw innings last year. And I remember very clearly he had like Aaron Nola syndrome and some of those starts. He'd be out oh, there God. to get blown up in an inning. That's just so annoying. Um, this is what DFS comes into play, just remembering those so vividly. Now he is getting older, and it is a concern. He has been kind of dealing a little more injuries from here time to time. I just feel like he's going to throw and throw and throw until he can't throw anymore. So Eileen Darvish, but I get your Eovaldi concept. Let's put it I, I, I fully admit that I'm lower on Darvish than, I don't want to say everyone else, but th- then you're than your average person. All right. Now things get juicy because – I just looked at Ryan's targets in this range and I'll sign off on all of them pretty much. And I think we could, I could have written them all down. So let's kick it off. We have three targets each three fades each. Who is your first target in this range? Uh, Yeah, this is just me longing for a third baseman. That's on a team after my labor, (laughs) my labor draft. (laughs) Roll this Chapman is that together. (laughs) Matt Chapman is actually, he's linked to your boys. To San Francisco, like that seems like that's the likeliest landing spot. Tell me a player that hasn't been linked to our guys that side. Touche, mm-hmm. touche. Point taken. Um, I'm going Jake Berger at ADP of 155 at third base. I mentioned the power, the plethora of power that's available in the uh, in in the hitter side of this pocket. Berger, I think, is going to get you that power without draining your batting average um upside of 40 home runs 265 batting average in baseball hqs baseball forecaster this year i did not write that one right yeah greg pyron wrote that one um another kind of first half second half split guy and if i'm going to dive into those first half second half splits i want to see like a reason to be able to do that and with jake berger it was getting moved from the white Sox, who just kind of jerked him around and for whatever reason, didn't play him all the time to settling into a regular role in Miami. We saw the strikeout rate drop dramatically for Jake Berger once he went to Miami without really sacrificing the power. And I think that's huge. I think the I think the power is there, but more importantly, like I think he can hit you 250, 260 and approach 30 home runs. And at this point in the draft, especially at third base, I think that's super important. So uh, Jake Berger has been one of yours too. Uh, one of my bigger targets of the draft in this range. Yep, full send on that one. I'm all aboard the Jake Berger train. I don't have many shares. I feel like I need to get more aggressive, but I think it also comes down to me saying catchers. There's some outfielders here to give like a third or fourth outfielder, and then the pitching. I like guess I somehow don't land on Jake Berger. Plus, 
so many Machado and Bregman shares early on. I don't even think about. Yeah, you do have a lot of Machado and yeah, and Bregman. So So I I think just that's why I love doing these shows. Is maybe I should change something up there and then trying to make Burger a for like a focus here type thing. That because all that power and still the average like the average is actually kind of similar to Bregman's. More power than Bregman. Counting stats are down compared to Bregman, but depends on what your team builds looking for. That that's kind of interesting, actually. The more I think about it, so something to look into while uh, drafting is still another about a month to go here before that's all said and done. Um, and and just real quick, third base around because I'm just obsessed with third base now. That's your new position. I have you, catchers. You have third base. You got go. you got Josh Young right ahead of him. Uh, but after that, it's it's Noel B. Marte going around later. And then it's Max Muncy going two rounds later. And then it's uh, Cabrian Hayes, who I kind of like, but there's just third base is kind of becoming a wasteland at this point. So it's just even more reason to go for uh, go and eat your burger. Very, very good. Um, This one's simple. Like again, Chaz McCormick. This is a guy I've talked about on this show, but I talked about James Anderson on the Rotowire show. Um, I love everything about Chaz McCormick, and the biggest reason is he is supposed to play every single day, or at least be the primary outfielder with the Houston Astros, and that makes me very giddy. I'm going to double-check and see where King Curland has him. He has him batting six (coughs) versus right-handed pitchers, and he has him batting eighth versus left-handed pitchers. That six versus righty sounds real juicy, honestly, for all things considered. And what I love is 115 games last year, 22 homers, 19 steals, 70 RBIs, 59 runs, hit 273. That's a great stat line for 115 games. And the projections just don't show the proper love. ATC's bumped him up to 130 games, but still 20 and 16 at 253. Um, the bat, 127 games, 17, 14, 249. There's certain players that I just will never agree with projections on, and I think there's players like that for a lot of people, and McCormick is one of them. It's the 2020 dude. Decent average counting stats should be pretty solid. Even if, like he's an 80, 80, like at least 160 to 170 runs in RBIs. I think at least with 20, 20 upside and a 270 ish average. I, I maybe I'm biased and just talked myself into him all off season and I'm there. But if he plays 140 plus games, maybe 150 plus games with the Astros, uh, there's no reason McCormick can't be a, to me, a, an amazing play in this price range. I think the projections, and again, me just speaking for projections, this is a 29. This is so Chaz McCormick was 28 last year, and really before that had not done much at all in the majors. So, like, I, I, the projections are even though I, I, everything I, everything you just said, I agree with, even though the, the skills back what Chaz McCormick did last year, like at HQ, the expected homers for McCormick was 21 compared to 22 actual. And 20 or sorry, 17 expected stolen bases compared to 19. Even though the skills back what Chaz McCormick did last year, the projections and I see a, a guy who's entering his 29 age 29 season who really hasn't done anything outside of one year. And so I it, it, the projections I think are just baking in kind of that longer term regression. But we see all the time where you know guys are late bloomers and you know, Chaz McCormick really hasn't been given a chance to play every day. That's my biggest throughout thing. his like, career either. Yeah, so, yeah. like, I'm not disagreeing with the age thing because yes, that's very true. But I, what you just said is what I've been waiting to say. But you said it first is he, he hasn't given a chance, so it's tough to prove type thing. It's the classic. Oh, he can't hit lefties. Have you ever tried to hit lefties? Nah. Yeah. So, 
So yeah, I'm with you. I um I think I think Chaz is fine here. And and as as someone who has waited on outfield in almost every draft, I sign off on that. Um I also sign off on Ian Happ, who's my next target going right next to Chaz McCormick, 158 ADP to 159. Low ceiling with Ian Happ. I would say we know what we're getting, but we kind of don't. We know we're going to get production. Will it be batting average or home runs? Uh, I feel like it'll be one of the two. It always has been over uh, the course of Hap's career. But we, even with the Cody Bellinger signing uh, back now in Chicago, like the Cubs lineup I think is going to be great. And Ian Hap is a just playing. He's got the Marcus Semien. Marcus Semien disease, like it's a bad thing. The, the Marcus Semien syndrome work ethic where he is in the lineup every single day and you just accumulate, accumulate, accumulate those plate appearances. And though, though Ian Happ doesn't have like a true standout skill, if you can get over 600 plate appearances, which Ian Happ has done, has he done that like each of the last two years, 641 and 691, uh, good things will come. So Ian Happ is one of the more stable outfielders out there if and well-rounded if you are waiting on outfield and need to grab some guys. So uh, would love to even <laughs> double tap happen Chaz back-to-back if you can, if you're waiting on outfield. I think it works. Happen Chaz would be a, a – it's almost like happenstance for happen Chaz. So no, that, no, no. That was a stretch. That was a stretch, but I'm going to roll with it. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um no, they asked if it was a walk here for Ian Happ in the chat. He's a free agent at 27. So he's he's sticking around a bit longer on that one. Something to, to think about. Adam also says, which is all, also an NL Central related takeaway, Ian Happ's numbers are going to tick down because he doesn't have Adam That's Wainwright funny. to hit off this That's year. Uh, very true. Maybe the entire Cubs offense regresses because of that. Yeah. I love that Cubs team. I have so many Cubs underdog stacks because they're so easy and affordable. It's very, very nice. All right, my next player here. You guys want to sit down? I'm gonna light a candle, and yeah. we're gonna talk. You go refill my water. Yeah, we're gonna wax poetic about um, Logan <laughs> Logan Ohapi. To me, one of the best. If Ryan's not kidding. He's refilling his water. Um, one of the best. Ca- for those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. 
Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan, backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash Sirius XM. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil on the board in my opinion and last year i was all in on william Contreras, said he'd be a top five catcher well he's number one last year logan O'Hoppy's a top five catcher next year i'm gonna go to bat for that one you know 14 home runs last year 236 average we know the story dude came out crushing gets a just ridiculous injury that really shouldn't even most people thought wasn't come come back and play and during the season but the boy the boy got it done he basically he Missed. He played 16 games through April. Didn't come back till August. Played nine games in August, but then in September and October played 26 games, and he ended up hitting in that month alone hit 258 with nine of his um, 14 home runs in September and October. Just mashed did all his production in that time frame, and that's what gives me a ton of hope with Logan O'Hop because that was the expectations we had when he was traded over from Philadelphia. Uh, we saw just uh, it's hard to say second half numbers, but a 264 ISO and both has first half and second half. First half again, 16 games. He did that damage in the second half with a 209 Babbitt and he crushed. Um, it, it was just glorious. And given it's that the nine games in August when he first came back, when again, he most thought he shouldn't have come back, they were horrific. A horrific. So even though he had 26 games in September, October, it weights it down big time. So you guys have heard me wax about Ohapi a, a ton. I, I just love everything about him. The skill set at the plate, um, so much power, decent batting average. Um, he's going to hit in the middle of the An- Anaheim order. Should play primarily like every single day. Like projections, ATC, twenty-one homers, two steals, two fifty-three over one hundred and twelve games. Like, let's just pull up the Angels <laughs> roster real quick. I, I, I take the over on the power over twenty-one I, homers. I think because here's my thing is right now. Curlin versus righty says Brandon Drury DHing. I think Ohapi might squeeze a few out of that one. And then if you want to go to the flip side against lefties where he does damage, um, they have Joe Adele DHing. So my point is oh. Logan Ohapi is a better hitter than both of them. So when we speculate with catchers with extra value, it's catchers that DH. Tell me in what world Logan Ohapi can't play over Drury or Adele either way in a DH position. So back to the projections about Ohapi saying um, 113 games, I'd be willing to say we see 130-plus barring an injury. And in that case, we're talking 25-plus bombs. We're talking even still decent counting stats on an Angels team. It's not going to be great. And like a 255 average, this, this, is, this is good stuff from Logan Ohapi. This is the stuff you want later in your draft. This is one of your top catchers in fantasy next season. So Logan Ohapi. Um, ahead of so you, you haven't listed Bo Naylor, or, or but I, I'm assuming you have Ohapi ahead of, of the catchers we've talked about, Heim, Garver, Ruiz. Do you have him ahead of Bo Naylor as well? Uh, yes, yes. I uh, Ohapi is the guy. If I can leave every draft with one catcher, I want Logan Ohapi. All right, all right. Based on listeners. price tag and production, that's all. Oh yeah, no, I don't have him anywhere. Listeners drafted with me, so that's that's fair. Go forth and Ohapi. 
I was impressed though. My little listeners, they kind of they let me down actually on the second ra- auction we did because I got Yainer Diaz and Bo Naylor in that one. So that felt good. Like that was a, a good feeling. It was 20, 22 bucks for the two of them. And in reality, I'll take that all day long. So yeah. My league bid up Christopher Sanchez, who had an average of four dollars. <laughs> dude, dude went for ten. So. I can't remember the number now. Ringifa went for like I think it was like thirteen <laughs> or fourteen bucks or something in my first one. Not as high in the second one. He still went for higher than he should have, but the first one was just pure comedy. Like they were just it was like, you know, being in the heart of Atlanta at three in the morning eating chicken wings and throwing dollar bills. It was wild. So yeah. I've actually done that. You've done, that, you've done that before? <laughs> I've been in that situation before in Atlanta. All right. On that note, who's um, your next target? Actually, that that uh not the Atlanta thing. I, I, I like to I'll probably do a little we'll do a bubba in the bloom average auction value of, across our four leagues and I, i'd be interested to see who uh who bubbles up compared to the nfbc average i think i'll do that that'd be a fun bloom board that. i think that's a really because yeah. i think that's the biggest takeaway given you and i are so new at auctions but just watching just some of the money flying out the gate it was wild but that was and everybody filled up like it's just so fun watching how teams get built in an auction so just insanely different than just knowing the adp basically yeah so, yeah that's fun my last one's tomorrow, so we're on Wednesday on, for Bloomfield. On Wednesday, yeah. Yep, not streamed. All right. Uh, no, not streamed. Not streamed. That wasn't a slight. That was just letting people know. Don't look to tune in for don't, it. Don't look for it for my for my kitchen table. Um, Nick Pavetta is my last target. I, I I don't want to repeat myself so much from earlier episodes, but to me at least, not only just Pavetta himself. And I've talked about the midseason pitch mix change, the velocity increase, the fact that Pavetta had the second highest strikeout minus walk ratio of any pitcher in baseball uh, after Freddie Peralta in the second half last year. But for me, it's also that Pavetta stands out going around like guys I don't really like Gavin Williams, Jose Barrios, Christian Javier, Mitch Keller. Like they're not bad, they're just kind of like blah um the fact that i like pavetta so much and the fact that i'm just not a huge fan of a lot of the pitchers going in this pocket just even further makes pavetta for me a priority uh in my drafts so yeah i like pavetta a lot and one of the biggest reasons i like pavetta is a staple of mine and it deteriorates as the season goes on i want as many strikeouts as i can get and Mm pavetta is one of the Biggest strikeout guys in this window. He was on a lot of your boards in the second half of the season. K to walk boards, like big, big Pavetta fan. And they, uh, the, the Red Sox need him. So they're not going to be able to, like last year, they took him out of the rotation for the bullpen for a few times and they did the long, the opener thing with him and eventually got back to the rotation. They, they need him to, to pitch this year. They don't have a lot of choices. And I think he can take what he did in the bullpen last year and it was a long roll and apply that to start he i mean did, he finished and he did that one. yeah he's yeah. he ended the season five straight starts and dominated yep. so i'm not really that worried about it yep 100 with you on that one uh my last one it's a broken record too i guess the guy i'm trying to get everywhere i can i've been every underdog draft i can think of right now because he's still too cheap in that and that's brendan fought and it's just a combination of like is there's there the part that worries me that this is this year's Christian Javier 
because we're seeing the postseason success run through run rampant. Like that part is kind of scary, yes. But it was more the development of thought as the season went on this year. Uh, the hype train through spring training gets the call, struggles, gets sent back down, gets the call back, struggles, gets sent back down, gets the call again, little bumpy, but you could see the improvements. And he kept going and going and finished on a really strong note. Like, were the ratios elite as the season went on? No, still finished the 4 3 2 ERA in the last month of the year. August had a four ERA, though. That was good to see. And that's just improvements from what we saw in the first half. I don't have his postseason numbers in front of me. I apologize. But the other thing I loved tremendously, we saw, you know, early in the season, you know, 16.8, 20%, 18.4% by monthly K percentage. When he got the call back in August, 24.3%, 16.4% K to walk in September, 27.3% K rate, 23.6% K to walk, 3.7 X fit. Those improvements, like as the season went on, watching the maturity of a young arm at the big league level getting better and better. Like obviously he went to AAA to work on things, but came back and executed was tremendous. He was one of the top pitchers for the Diamondbacks in their postseason run. Got them to where they were. Went on the big stage, threw five innings and dive. Like it was amazing to see. So I'm buying into it. Young guy looking for the next step with him. Like he's going to be 26 this year. Like I, I'm in. All, I'm all in on Brendan Vaught at this time. Like we're all these other pitchers here. Give me the young kid that could take another step. Give me that guy over taking a chance on Evaldi staying healthy. Bueller, who knows when he's coming back. Even you, Darvish, who I talked about, he's going right in that range. Give, give Shane me Bieber. Shane Bieber is going right after Brandon Fott. That that's the while you were talking. That's the big thing that I noticed was like unless Fott just totally craps the bed again. Like he's the innings leader over the guy, the literal four injury risks that he's sandwiched between Darvish, Bueller, Evaldi, and Bieber. Yeah, like so. look at that. They they have him for 136 strikeouts. Like, no, nah, I'm sorry. That's that ain't gonna happen. And I know it's probably because let me check his thing. Yeah, they they well, have him for 142 innings. That's so almost a K per inning. But the dude threw 90, he threw 156 innings plus the postseason last year. The dude stretched out like we're getting 170, 180 Which, out of him, I think. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it, it's it's nice to have at this point in the draft. I like Brendan Vaught quite a bit. Um, couple comments, kind of as we as we finish out the target part. We did not discuss um, Ryan Pepio, but both Adam and the Knob. I know we just that's probably not your username, but we just call you the Knob. If you yeah. want us to call you something else, let us know. No, nope, um, nope, it's too late. It's too late. Yeah, or that. not. Yeah. Or or not. Uh the knob there's been some chat about Ryan Pepio, who I, I think is actually a, a pretty good buy at this range. Um never been a big Pepio guy. I don't buy the random improvement walk, walk rate. Curious to see um what LA was limiting. Uh Adam says I think Ryan Pepio is poised for a big year moving to Tampa. Um so just some interesting comments there. Uh, Brandon Fott from the knob as well. One thing with Fott, even though during the improvements down the stretch, playoff stretch, he still struggled against lefties. So sure. that sure. is uh, that is something to to monitor, as the analysts say. Yeah, um, yeah. The Pepio thing, also quick. Like I was pounding that drum every weekend on this show for streaming options. The Pepio. I'm just curious more so on the innings workload Tampa Bay gives him. That's just kind of my only real hold back on him so we'll see yeah how many did pepio throw last year where are we at 66 that's not a lot yeah that's my concern because they, they babied him so much in la like it was rough that would be my only concern with these other pitchers in the same area 
Yep, that's fair. That's fair. All right, uh, what do you got for fades? This is a new fade. This is a new fade. I'm glad As you, we, I, I only saw. I'm gonna say all I saw was the name at first. I had to move my paper over, and then I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay, I, I can slide. I can let this slide for now. Had to make sure your your stone tablet, your chisel over yeah, there. It, was, it took a second to move it. It's heavy, but okay. I, I had to check it out real quick. It's uh, it's Jordan Montgomery, and this sounds like blasphemy on the on the Bubba and the Bloom podcast to sure. even even speak of Jomo as a fade. I don't know about you, man, but like we are approaching a critical time where like he needs to sign. Mm -hmm. And if Jomo does not sign like very quickly, I don't know if he starts on opening day or like starts in the rotation by opening day. What if Jordan Montgomery doesn't sign for another week or two or I mean, and and I'm going to leave Blake Snell into the same exact conversation. I know we, Blake Snell is going much, much earlier, but like, it's just something that like, it's go time. These guys, if they don't sign like very, very soon, we they are probably not starting the year in major league rotations. And for someone like Jordan Montgomery, who, yeah, the per inning stuff is going to be okay, but you really rely on Jordan Montgomery for that volume. Um, I just wonder like, what's a worst case? Like we saw, few years ago like craig kimbrell and i know relievers a little bit different than a starter like craig kimbrell didn't sign until the middle of the season i'm not saying that's going to happen with montgomery or snell but like we we are now at the point where i'm now worried about these guys signing and their availability availability for opening day yeah i um I, I can't disagree with you like it sucks i love jomo heck on the first auction i have jomo and snell so that's fun um <laughs> <laughs> uh the, yeah. the knob says dallas Keuch i forgot about this yes back when dallas keichel was an asset uh dallas keichel was that same kimball year as well he not held out but i guess he did so yeah i i agree there's concerns here um i think we see both these guys in a camp by the end of the week i know it's still late i get it's still late but we could have said that last week too i, I just have a feeling it, right? with the bellinger thing and some other Injuries popping up for pitchers. We're going to start seeing some some movement here. I think even the players know that they need to get into a camp here pretty soon at this point, pitching-wise. So we'll see. I'm optimistic on it happening soon. Uh, don't disagree with your thought process. Um, if I were to be, say, doing an auction on Wednesday night, I'd still enjoy the Jomo discount. He's relatively affordable. So I'll raise your Jomo and Blake Snell from your first auction with a Kode Senga who I took in my first auction. So 22 bucks down the toilet. Uh, you got a PRP. You might be back by June. You're good. Yeah. He's, 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 he's uh, one of my early drops, I think. Just being optimistic for you there. Um, all right. My first one should come at no surprise for anybody. And I almost, I almost acquired him on my auction on Monday night, oh, but yeah. someone outbid me by a dollar. And that's Luis Arise. And this is a pretty simple one for me. I've said it time and time again. We talk about not wanting rabbits on our team. Luis Arise is essentially a rabbit with batting average. That's who he is because he doesn't run. He's the, the rabbit version of average. I don't know if it's like, is he the Energizer bunny that just keeps going and going and going. I don't know how to actually say it properly because rabbits run. He doesn't run. But he's going to hit for a great average, barring insanity. He's at over 305 out of four out of five seasons, 294 or better all five seasons. That's pretty dang impressive. 
Like he's going to hit over 300, which is great. You know, Ryan's been banging the average drum. It's stuck in my head now as Freeman has really been an interesting part of my builds of late, but no speed. The uh, context in Miami, you know, 71 runs, 69 RBIs, honestly, is not bad for what he does. 10 homers for the first time in his career. Don't plan on that again. So I'm not drafting a strictly batting average guy. That's just not me. So no Luis Arise for me. Would be curious to see if you take Kyle Schwarber plus Arias, take that average of what they do. I think someone's like throwing that out there. I don't think anybody's put it like on paper. Yeah, I I would do it, but that would be bad podcasting. So maybe on Thursday I'll follow up. But I wonder what that like combo of stats would look like. But again, like it's easy to play that game. But if one of the two gets hurt from a roster balance construction, you're you're screwed. So or if you take you take Schwarber and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to wait and get your eyes. Then someone else jumps you on their eyes. Oh, now we're in trouble. Yeah. So I guess at the auction based, I guess, make sure you get them. Then, then you're stuck with my fade maybe as a, as a backup, which is, uh, I'm going, I'm going to catchers. It's the one catcher we haven't talked about. So I'm interested in your, either your rebuttal, your opinion on this, but, uh, Gabriel Moreno, I think like is, the Luis Arias of catchers um, fully knowing that this will be Moreno's age 24 season. There could be some type of power step up to be had, but honestly, like the power skills that Moreno showed in the minors weren't there. Um, I mean, seven home runs over 308, 380 plate appearances last year, man. Like there's a 5% barrel rate. Like there's, there's not any power here. And yes, Gabriel Moreno hit 284 last season, but that was like a 350 BABIP. Uh, the K rate was just kind of okay. This isn't an Arias type of like approach where he just makes contact all the time to get to that plus batting average. I worry like if the batting average falls, I'd take the under on 286, which is the projection. If the batting average falls to like 270, what, what are you really doing here? Yep. especially when you have, I mean, you just wax poetic about Ohapi and Naylor. And there's so many, I think, better options at catcher uh, in this group than Moreno, who's actually going earlier than every other catcher we've talked about. So for that reason, Moreno is a, is a fade for me. Yeah, out of most of the catchers we've talked about here, I probably would have Moreno at the bottom of them. I, I love what we saw in the postseason. That was great. I just don't know if it's sustainable because – one of his hitting profiles we talked about, he's a big gap-to-gap guy. And in Arizona, that will just take away all his home run upside. Like, it just destroys his home run power. Um, we saw yep. him pull the ball more in the postseason, which was big. But can he do it for a full season? I don't know. But, he's going to have a good average. That's cool. So if you want, like, K. Ruiz before you could hit for power, that's Gabby. I just don't. I'd rather have, you know, Kyber and all these other guys we talked about. And I think the postseason tax is real. Oh, 100%. You, you mentioned the postseason. Yeah. Like, I actually think that's a bad thing. Like, that's probably elevated. Yeah, same with Evan Carter. I, it was another fate of mine, but like, yep. yeah, I don't know. All right. Um, right. Real quick, the knob in the chat yeah. says Schwarber plus a rise, 274 batting average, that's and maybe what, 50 homers between the two? Yeah. So 25 homers, not many steals, but hmm. that's pretty good. Interesting. If you can pull it off, might play, might play. That's for sure. All right. For me, it's Max Muncie, anti-Max Muncie. That's just not a shocker to anybody. Yeah, he had 36 home runs. That's great. Congratulations. 106 RBI, 105 RBIs, 95 runs. That's awesome. 
212 average, not a fan there. And the concern I have, which we've talked about before, is this little thing called splits. And people say, oh, they're not, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Uh, Muncie hit 155 <laughs> versus lefties, 237 versus righties. That's good. He had 11 home runs versus lefties, 25 versus righties. Okay. Where it really stands out, though, if you go to the deeper stats here, we had a 642 OPS versus lefties compared to 881, 76 WRC plus compared to 136, a 122 BABIP compared to 269. Like these are just drastic drop. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The Dodgers are made to platoon most positions. They have some really good platoon options versus left-handed pitching now. They don't have to play Muncie right now. Muncie's getting older. Um, this is just not something that has to be out there every day with Max Muncie. So I'm passing. People like to think, oh, I can just plug in 30-plus home runs. And, you know, maybe. But I'm not going to take that chance. I'll pass on Max Muncie. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely one of those batting average drains actually by far the lowest batting average projection of anyone in this group by almost 10 points so he's going to kill you in uh in batting average i wonder if you'll you'll get that itchy finger on in tout on tuesday man the obp is a little different yes that's the one of the like the rise worried about playing time i'm worried about playing time yeah, that though, and that holds and that holds um that abs- I was going to look up his strikeout rate because I don't think you listed his strikeout rate. Oh, I got it right here. You want it? Against lefties. I, I From what I remember, oh, yeah. it was atrocious. It, it actually was worse versus righties. It was 23.4% K rate versus lefties, 27.7% against righties. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he huh. just couldn't. I thought it was just atrocious. didn't hit lefties with authority, basically, the nicest way I can say it. Yeah. Well, what was the BABIP? Like 122? 122 versus lefties, 269 versus righties. And that's without a shift this past year, folks. So put that in the back of your mind. 
Interesting. Uh, actually, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it was atrocious against lefties. I stand corrected. Nope. 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 All right. Who's your final fade on the list? And oh, yeah, I support this one. Uh, it's Tommy Edmond, who normally I kind of like Tommy Edmond, but um, I think kind of the writings on the wall. With Tommy Edmond, I feel like his early ADP has been inflated because he plays second, short, and outfield. And I think in like draft and holds and things like that, that that is valuable. Um, I don't have his OPS. I just think I think from a real life standpoint, Tommy Edmond with other alternatives in St. Louis, like may not be a full time player. We've already seen. I said the writing on the wall. We've seen that drop in the batting order, and he's coming off wrist surgery. Or surgery or an injury, something with his wrist that hey, might, not, might not be ready for opening. Might day. not even be ready for opening day, and if he does make opening day, it's like how effective can he can he be? Again, from a real baseball standpoint, where I think uh, if if Tommy Edmond he wasn't a power hitter before, but if he has like no power right now, what is this guy from a from you know? Can you play him every day as as a St. Louis Cardinal? Um, so like, yeah, I think the steals will still be there. I just don't know what else. You're getting there with the uncertainty surrounding the wrist. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't have to say much more. I've never really been an Edmund guy. So yeah, you've you're, never you're nailing it. I have been. I have been. I'm turning my back on him, but yep. He's not gonna be that leadoff dude that plays every day anymore. So get used to it, folks. Uh my final one is maybe controversial to some. I don't but um it's Masataka Yoshida for me. And this is just a, a it's kind of just, I don't know, gonna be 30 years old. Um, last year in his debut, his debut though, so maybe there's something there, but 289, 15 homers, 71 runs, 72 RBIs, eight steals. Okay, that's good. You know what that sounds like, Ryan? Alex Who does that Verdugo. sound like? Alex Verdugo. Um, yeah. we've seen Ben and Tendy do similar things. It's like a good, probably real life player because he's got a 338 OBP, but in the end. Not doing a ton for your fantasy team compared to other options, especially in twelves. Like these, that's just like a stat line that you can rotate around with. You can do things like it's good. The average, especially the average, will help. I'm not gonna say the average won't help, but the quote unquote power, speed, counting stats, they're good, but they're not like gonna be game changers for your team, especially in this range. Like I'd almost rather take a chance on Brandon Demo in this range. More power, more runs scored. Um maybe steals the same amount of bases or more little less batting average type thing. And he's going uh, after him. I'd rather take chances on Christopher Morrell, even James Outman probably going in front of him. Yoshida is like a good real life player. Just doesn't have that elite skill set, which uh, gets my attention. And not even in this pocket, but the next pocket there's, you know, my man, Starling Marte, but then there's, there's Jared Kelnick. There's Kerry Carpenter, yep. Taylor Ward, Lourdes Gurriel, I like all, uh, all those guys, yes. Luis Rangifo. We can't go a full episode without nope, nope. without a Luis Rangifo mention. Um, but yeah, there there are plenty of other alternatives. And yeah, I do think the Alex Verdugo syndrome could be alive and well here with Yoshida. Also was uh, another one where I do look at first, second half stats splits because this was his first year in the majors in 2023. Pretty much collapsed. Yep. in the second half as uh, as kind of the book got out on Yoshida. The so. opposite of Seiya Suzuki. Correct. In yes. many ways. In yes. many ways. All right. 
any final thoughts on this range before we take listener questions? I think we kind of hit on them, but yeah, no. And I think, and it's always funny kind of what my, what I say entering the episode versus after, after we've kind of gone through the guys, but what I said, what I, in my opinion, what I said at the beginning still stands here. Yep. hundred percent with you on that one. All right. Listener questions here. We got Adam Redkamp who's in the chat has a Twitter question for us. Are you guys buying the Brian Hayes hype so far this spring? He had a good second half last year, and he's hitting the ball hard this spring. Thanks, as always. Yeah, even before spring, I was I was buying the second half adjustments. I was buying the second half adjustments with the affordable ADP. I was buying that adjustments with the ADP at a third base position that really continues to dwindle after him in a draft. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in on Hayes. I've been saying it for years now. Just show me the adjustments, and I'm at least interested. He showed me enough, I think. So I'm in. I don't know about you. Agreed. Uh, I mean, I still like Jake Berger more than Hayes, but 100%. Hayes is going 30 picks later. So, um, and it, yeah, it's not because of the spring. Like, I didn't even know there was hype around Cabrian Hayes over the spring, but it's more what we saw from Hayes last year. And I've, I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but I'll just throw it in there again. I do think the top half of Pittsburgh's lineup won't be that bad this year you're hitting around o'neill cruz brian reynolds those types of guys so um, team context isn't as awful as you might think yep 100 there are fantasy viable pieces uh larry larry c asks at this adp range i have a question about jackson holiday who is actually going here uh, i just saw it where did it go he's in there at 179 um and other top prospects what round would you begin targeting some of these young prospects like holiday trio and Langford? i mean i feel like we're the wrong (laughs) (laughs) man like we just don't do it um so like jackson holiday is going right next to trevor story like i'm taking trevor story every time but again like that and i'm speaking for you too that could be a fault in our we don't take those risks on some of these guys everything i hear from about Wyatt langford is like there was a jeff passan article out today on espn that Wyatt langford like probably should have been on texas's team last year for their world series run like he's one of their best hitters already which you know if if that's even 80 percent true like good god but uh so i don't know and then churio is like this otherworldly talent who has already locked up his extension and is probably starting on opening day there's very little playing time uncertainty like sky's the limit for that kid it's just i'm not i don't know i i never bet on that stuff happening in redraft leagues and it's burned me it's burned me in the past but it's also not burned me as well like we did not fall for jordan walker last year yep uh, yeah, Langford's got a 135 ADP and OCs over the last 15 drafts. Um, right in front of Jaron Duran, Anthony Santander, and if you're talking outfielders, uh, I, the Guilds did say on Bench of Bubba this week that uh, he Langford is a guy he's buying in on for the uh, the hype. So take for that what you will. Yep. Um, I'm I'm curious, like you said, the comments that Passon made are actually pretty telling, <laughs> to say the least, if it's true. Trio, on the other hand, he's going even higher. He's at 119. That's just like right next to, to T. Oscar. Like those kind of guys. That, that Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Yeah, can't that can't that pass on happening. T. Oscar. Can't go there. Langford, I could see an argument for um, the other the other Holiday and Trio. It's going to be very tricky to see them come on my squad. Yeah. Yep. Our, we got a guy named Corbin Young 
asking about Mitch. No, he's not asking about Mitch Keller. <laughs> Our buddy Corbin Young says one to two avoids on the hitter and pitcher list better not be Mitch Keller. So uh, give me one avoid on a hitter and one avoid on the pitcher. Uh, who we haven't already talked about? Or right, you can pick your pick your top avoid and your on each one. I, guess. I do. I think an avoid is Riley Green. We haven't talked about. Yeah, like, not a fair. hard avoid for me, but someone who I'm just I'm I'm off of. Pitcher yeah, side, like, or sorry, go ahead on the hitter. I was gonna say Luis Arise from. I know I already talked about oh. him, but yeah, he's out. Is that, is that your pay, is that your is that your chisel tablet there? Yep, yep. Oh, sorry, am I blocking the screen? I just yeah. I just saw it. That's that's yep. good stuff. Um, <laughs> another fade pitcher who we side. haven't talked about on the pitcher side. I'll go Gavin Williams. Okay. I think I think the long term talent is absolutely there but similar to what we were talking about if i'm just looking at the major league skills that we saw from gavin williams last year i think he's uh overpriced like i'm taking nick pavetta over gavin williams and they're relatively the same adp like the lazy answers um kodai singa walker bueller i'm not going to go with those though yeah um man i'm gonna say i'm gonna say christian javier uh that fastball is way too hittable these days. Prove me wrong, Christian. That's what I'll say. Prove me wrong, please. But that fastball, way too hittable these days. And that's just not a recipe for success, at least not on my fantasy teams. And good luck to Corbin on Wednesday, who's up for writer of the year for baseball. And uh, He's a good one. Corbin's a good good dude, good analyst, good everything. So enjoy that. Uh, at Futures Bet says, most likely better on the list to hit 40 home runs. Nolan Gorman, question mark? I think it's Jake Berger. Or Christopher Morrell. Yeah, it's definitely Jake Berger. It's definitely Jake Berger. Uh, Nolan Gorman freaks me out. Just the back issues. I know he's on this like nutrition thing. <laughs> Diet, I guess it's called. <laughs> I wouldn't really know, but like, I don't know. I just, Nolan Gorman's an injury risk for me. I'll go Jorge Soler. I'll go your boy. Would, would be my non-burger option. Yeah, I go. It's yeah. I can't just. I've always said Morel. I'd take a some over under home run pops. Props him and Berger would be some fun stuff there. Uh, but Gorman is interesting. Like uh, Mason talked to me a while about him. He kind of gets me a little little interested in Gorman. And if you waited on second base, and but you can, you're cool with dropping things. He, he's interesting. I, I can see the appeal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thomas Travato has two questions here. First, or actually, not anymore. Impact of Yoshida this year? Does he get get does he get to more power? Or is he just Alex Verdugo? Didn't see this earlier. Um, he's Alex Verdugo. Same page. Yep. And then he says, "Why are the projections not liking Darvish?" I think it's because he's old, and he has I, declined. He has declined over the last three years. Yeah, there are not many thirty-seven-year-old starting pitchers who, uh, even though we've been spoiled by Max Scherzer and Verlander these last few years, it's it's very rare. And I'm sure the projections are just hammering Darvish for being 37 years old as, as they should, uh, given what I said about him earlier. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough on that one. All right, Bloomfield, another episode in the books. You have your final listener league auction on Wednesday, Thursday. We do two, 200 at two fifty. Yep. Anything else we need to discuss on tonight's episode of Bubba and Bloom. And then Tower Wars next Tuesday. Ding, ding, ding. Can't wait. Literally. Wait till you see what Bloomfield's cooking up. It's almost like I'm pumped. I got a little peek at it. Oh, I don't oversell it, man. It's, oh, uh, dude, I thought it was beautiful, but I, I'm also easy to please. But Exactly. Uh, we'll, I, thought we'll it was, I thought it was great. I just, the we'll fun, see if it draws in more viewers. 
there's a reason the Bloomfield and I get, like, get along so well as we both just kind of enjoy the silly things in life sometimes, and th- this is one of them. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, this one's this one's this one's bad, but we'll see. <laughs> Why not? We we don't take ourselves all that seriously, so uh, and, yeah, uh, have keep... a fun tout promo coming is is what we're yes. alluding to. And keep an eye on Twitter at the FSWA Twitter account. Cross your fingers, whatever. But hey, it was fun. It was fun. We, we boys can dream, but regardless, besides the show, Ryan's nominated for another writing award, also. So don't let him yeah. continue to put that one under the rug when we talk about things. So got that. I've going. got. I was. I was. Uh, no one. Nobody cares about this. But we're at the end of the episode. I was last year. I was a finalist for right writer of the year, article of the year, and series of the year. <laughs> Over three on on award day, which you're you know whatever due. it's fine. You're saying but. you're due. I've been an 11-time finalist. I've won twice. So Dude, that's, honestly, that's yeah. probably average because on that's average, there's like good. five. There's five finalists. So yeah, hey, whatever. Let's see what happens. Congrats Never to know. everyone who was nominated finalist and yeah, a lot uh, of good to the winners Wednesday. There. It's a cool. It's a really cool thing. Yep, a lot of cool people out there. So have fun with that. Yep. Have fun if you're in the draft with Ryan on Wednesday. We'll be back with you guys Thursday. But for now, this is Blub in the Bloom, episode 112. Catch y'all later. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.